Welcome to Shut the Door, a uh, COVID-19 podcast where um, my name is Andy. I do interviews with different people um, who are, well, pretty much living through uh, this very interesting time. Uh, I have a guest right now. Um, her name is... Andrea, thank you. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have said my last name. It's okay. I can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for a living? I am an advocate for people with disabilities. Okay. Um, so actually right now, uh, you have a laptop on, uh, the table that we're recording this, um, because you're working from home. Shh, don't tell nobody. So how is, how is that, uh, been going exactly? It's been a little difficult because I am normally used to working hands on with people. And, um, now we're doing everything remotely. Okay. So, um, do you have a lot of technical experience? No. So that's where I call my son for the okay. help. <laughs> did, they, uh, did they do any like preparations or anything like that when they decided to move over to uh, remote? Well, with the organization that I've been working with, I've been there for years. So I've actually worked remotely um, in another state before. So I was familiar with the process. And thank goodness everything is online. Our database, our timesheet. So... It's pretty convenient. That's awesome. I, I still have to go to work. Um, and actually, that's where I was before I came here. So it's, uh, I mean, it's, a, it's definitely a godsend for the people who can work from home. So that's definitely cool. Yes. Very scary out there. Personally, uh, based on what, you've what you know and have learned, what is uh, the coronavirus and COVID-19? Well, those are two of the same things. Um, I think they took the steered away from saying coronavirus just because of the name or something. So COVID-19, I think, is the scientific name of the virus. COVID-19 is the name of the disease that develops after somebody contracts the coronavirus. Yeah. The virus itself just changes uh, a person's like DNA and gives them a disease. And right now there's no treatment for, for the new disease. And that's what ends up killing people is, okay. is the actual disease called COVID-19. Gotcha. <clears throat> when did you first hear about uh, COVID-19 and the coronavirus? Oh, wow. Uh, I think in February I heard about it. I was really paying attention to the news because I was going for a trip. So that's what got, caught my eye. Uh, you were planning on traveling? Yes. Where were you planning on traveling to? We were planning a family trip to Merida, Mexico. So I started really following the news and uh, watching it. Yeah, I think February. Okay. Are you, um, are, are you on any social media or social networks? Yes, I, um, I'm on Instagram, but I don't have many friends, so I wasn't seeing it there. Okay, so how are you keeping track of your news? Online, um, online. Most of it is online. Where do you usually go to get the news? Just anywhere, any old website? You just type in it in Google or are you going to the CDC's website? Oh, I go to the world o meter because that's where I was watching what countries it was jumping to. And then, so I was really paying attention to that. And then at first I was Washington Post, all the little Things will pop up on your um, home screen page okay. on the computer. Okay. So, yeah, th those are usually going to be, like, the um, biggest news outlets. So, Washington Post, I noticed whenever I go to their website, they want me to sign in via mm -hmm. email before I can receive any of their news. And actually, um, pretty recently, 
um, uh, President Trump uh, like signed off on a bill along with the the uh, Secretary of Treasury um, that has to deal with a two point two trillion dollar uh, uh, fund. Stimulus package. Yeah, the stimulus package. So that should be affecting most people. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was trying to track that news, I had a hard time actually finding it on any websites that didn't require my email address. Oh, not good. Not yeah, good. At, at first, that's, the, that's what it was. So it took a good four or five hours before I was able to find it on other websites. That's interesting. Um, I actually get fed a lot of information on the virus because of my job. Okay. So they're always sending us emails. I just received an email about the stimulus package and um, who it hopefully will affect. So are, that's a good thing. Are you excited for the stimulus package or do you believe that it would uh, affect your household? Um, I'm at first I wasn't excited because I'm still working. Um, so but then when I found out that I might be in uh, being able to get a, a check. I got excited, but now that I heard that it can even help the disabled, now I'm really excited about it and following more about um, getting the checks. Okay. Um, when it comes to uh, when when it comes to what they're titling it, it's currently called a global pandemic. Uh, do you believe that uh, phrase is correct, or do you think it should be called something else? I think it's a, a correct. Okay. It's affecting the world. How long do you believe that this would last? Either Ooh. the California lockdown, uh, the, the stay-at-home issued by the governor, or maybe even something more severe like um, how the president issued that uh, will be under this form of lockdown until the end of April. So, I think months. Um, I was looking at the, I, I think, the Spanish flu. Or... The f- yes, the Spanish influenza. Yeah, and that affected the world for a year. Um, lockdown, I think, for San Diegans was five weeks. But I'm, I'm kind of, I'm looking at it with the world. So I'm thinking more six months to a year. Okay. We're, we're going to be dealing with this. So, um... In the end, uh, do you believe that this is going to be solved by uh, actual treatments for uh, COVID-19, the disease, or do you believe that it may just go away because of the, uh, the, the stay-at-home procedures that we're all exhibiting and experiencing? Oh, good question. I think SARS ended up dying out but living in camels. Or, well, camels were actually spreading it. So i think it might be around and it's going to be the new flu that we're going to have to deal with well it's going to be the flu plus this virus we're going to have to deal with now it's going to be a norm so you actually uh use a specific word that i've noticed um when i interview people or talk to people personally no one knows that this uh coronavirus is an offshoot of the sars virus or sorry the sars disease uh, that was um, widespread in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, it saw like uh, the biggest explosion in uh, 2003, um, but it never reached uh, like as big a scale as uh, no. COVID-19 is. Like seven, I think 741 deaths, or I might be mixing it up, but I think that's about what I read. Again, my job gives me so much to follow up, so this is how I know this information. Well, that definitely seems to be accurate and and. I've done quite a bit of research when it comes to the spread and where it comes from and the way that it works. And um, yeah, it's a a lot of people, interestingly, believe that it's something similar or the same as the flu. Uh, They all believe or oftentimes believe that it is the influenza 
rather than um, a different virus, which we all call it by its name, the coronavirus, um, which means it's a different disease than that of what the flu causes. Right. I believe that. How have uh, friends and family been uh, reacting to the news? Hmm. <laughs> That's a good question um, because I, I'm dealing with kind of all scopes. I'm dealing with a father in a nursing home and and then younger uh, adults. So it's very interesting. I feel that my age range, 40s, um, people are concerned in, in being precautious. Um, I'm noticing it, people in their 20s feel that it's no big deal and um and then in the senior population i'm gonna speak for my dad he's not totally understanding this Mm -hmm. so it's it's really interesting um to see Uh, i even work with the homeless population and watching how they're taking care of themselves and it's all different so it's all different um but i'm noticing people my age uh, seem to be a little more concerned with it than than other ages. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I've definitely noticed um, personally, uh, people in my age group seem to be treating it like it's little to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are in your age group um, are definitely treating it with caution, or at least practicing uh, the stay at home and uh, what they're calling social distancing. And I haven't had much experience or contact with um, elderly people who are dealing with it. Um, I'm sure that it can be quite different since some of them don't have internet access or access to news in the same way. Right. Um, with my father, I'm, he, he actually is um, really good on watching the news and, and will quote things on the news, but then when you talk to him personally, he can't wait to give me a big, fat hug and kiss. And, you know, so then I have to keep warning him, and then he's like, okay, then a high five. And so he's just not totally... Um, aware or thinks that it can hit him you know so it's it's interesting you know so and he's feeling isolated right now so it's it's really affecting his mental status okay well when it comes to uh like on a personal level do you are you afraid or nervous or how are you personally feeling when it comes to this situation oh wow I think all my kids know quite well. Um, I'm very nervous. Um, I, I feel that it's something to be taking, taken seriously and to be careful. And um, if, if we all do what we need to do, I think we'll, we'll beat it, though, and, and live through this. But I, I have to say I'm very concerned about this. I've never seen this in my life. No. Well, um, the last time something of this scale impacted people was something along the lines of the Spanish influenza, which was in the early 1910s. So not even your parents would be old enough to remember something like that happening. Right, right. Yeah, scary times for me. Yeah. So um, another personal question. If uh, someone close to you, either friends or family or someone that means something to you, did contract uh, COVID-19, what would your responses be? Um, immediately, you know, seek medical, uh, help and advice. And then I would, I would take, uh, the step to help my loved ones. So I don't care if it's my children or husband, um, I will be there to take care of them. So, you know, I'm, I'll follow all the precautions, but 
I will make them stay at home and follow all the guidelines and make sure that they have the medical care that they need. And even if that means you potentially contracting COVID-19 also. Yeah. For, for my family, I will. Um, family is important. Okay. Um, so how are you keeping busy and staying sane at home since you are now working from home? Oh, shoot. <laughs> well, I have a dog. So me and my dog are taking a lot of walks. Um, work does keep me busy, actually. So um, I have to get away from the computer and stand and stretch. Um, I used to go to the gym every day and I'm finding myself just eating snacks. Uh, so I need to change that. So I'm going to set a goal for working out. Uh, my son actually gave me a workout tape and that lasted for about two days. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have to jump back on that. So it's been a little hard, but my house is really clean. <laughs> I, I imagine so. <laughs> but with all the time being at home, um, do you find yourself becoming restless at home or like wanting to leave? The only time I want to leave is to get food and disinfectant spray. I feel like that's <laughs> like become my... I'm obsessed by trying to find <laughs> disinfectant spray. Um, but besides that, no, I'm not restless. I, I walk my dog. I have a patio, so I sit outside. Um, so, so far, I've been okay, actually. Okay. I, yeah. So, um, when it comes to when you actually do leave uh, and you see the ways that people are, are caring about, I know that, for instance, I'll see drivers driving with masks and gloves on yes. though they are the only ones in their car um do you feel that people are being proportionately uh cautious or um maybe going overboard well funny you say that because i think it's silly um to leave them on in your personal space that you might feel is safe so like my car is a safe zone and my house is my safe zone so if you're wearing the mask and the gloves everywhere, you're just bringing that stuff with you in your safe zones. Um, for the elderly, I kind of feel like maybe it's a good thing. Just keep yourself protected till you get home, as long as they're taking the stuff off right away. Um, I've noticed that a lot today while I was walking and kind of thought it was strange. But so be it. If people want to be safe, I'm all for it. Okay. And how personally has, has your life changed? Are you normally an outgoing person? Um, mm. are, are you normally social? How, do, how, how has it changed because of this? Um, it's, it's, it's starting to really affect me. Um, I've had birthday parties um, that had to be done in different ways that I'm not used to. I love family and get-togethers. Um, I've had also dinner plans that had to be adjusted and yeah, it's kind of bringing a stress on me on that way. Um, I like being around people. I love going out the beach and especially when that was taken away. So, um, it is kind of sad. Okay. Did you make it to the beach before they closed? I did. I went to the beach maybe two days before they closed and I was in awe. And in that moment, Andrea's father calls, who's been living in a nursing facility since just before the outbreak of COVID-19. I, I believe I asked, or I, I'm just going to re-ask the question, how has your life uh, changed? 
Okay. Um, so we were just talking about like being able to go out and um, I'm a very, I'm a very social person, love to be out and about. So being home has really made a difference, but I'm not feeling stir crazy. Um, I was talking earlier with my son about my second job. I, I, um, I care give and, um, it has really changed a lot. Um, working with this person, they live in a pretty rough neighborhood downtown. So taking the precautions by wearing a mask, gloves, um, it's big reality. And then now um, you know, I used to drive this person, you know, to the grocery stores and I'm not able to do that. So we have to walk to a grocery store, what costs a little bit more. And, um, it's just the reality of living with this virus. Um, and then coming home is a whole new process. I have to, because I've heard that the virus can live on your clothes. Um, I actually strip down and take a shower right when I get home so that I'm not infecting my home. So uh, on my second job, it's really changed the way I do things. Okay. So you've taken a lot of, dip, well, precautions to, to make things more comfortable than at home. Right, right. Keep my family safe. So um, do you personally know anyone uh, that has contracted COVID-19? No, no, I'm... I'm no, my, the person that I care for actually was tested. And I have to tell you, my nerves, I was shaken up about it because I was scared. Like, I know I'll work for my family and take care of my family. But then I was, you know, I know it sounds selfish, but do I keep caring for this person, you know? And I know he needs the care, but it was scary. But thank goodness he, he was negative. So we're going to keep him that way. Okay. So um, is he still going about his life the way he normally does? Or has he been staying at home also to try to isolate himself? Well, unfortunately, this person with his disability, um, he knows it's there, but I'm not seeing him take any precautions. The good thing is, is my son just recently gave him a TV, so it's keeping him indoors. So um, it's kind of been awesome because he just stays at home and watches tv so that's the best we can do i've been teaching him you know every day i see him to to wash his hands or be careful but again um some people don't understand it so that's what's scary wow i um i was looking earlier on the news um and uh it's reported that we may well currently we have more people tested positive than uh, the amount of people total in China. Um, and beyond that, uh, the epicenter of the virus was determined to be New York City. And even further beyond that, uh, uh, they say that about a million people have contracted COVID-19 in New York City. Um, and so that's quite, quite staggering numbers. And um, they sent over a naval ship to, uh, to provide like a mobile hospital to mm -hmm. try to help people out there. Um, but the current statistics are something along the lines of before it's over, there should be, uh, a, there, or sorry, a, a million people were tested. Um, I don't know if it's a million people confirmed in America. I don't believe so. Cause those numbers no. aren't that high, no. but, um, they're saying that potentially across America, we're looking at, even with the current stay at home between a hundred thousand and 240,000 people 
um, still contracting COVID-19 because of the way that we're still going about our lives. Well, they, they were saying that um, in the news today, and I do believe it, that's why I'm, I'm telling all my children to stay at home. I don't care if they want to go hang out with a friend because they said that a hundred to 200,000 people will die. And if we don't stay at home and, um, you know, do the social distancing, we can be to a hundred to 2 million people dying from this virus. And I believe it. Absolutely. Um, so statistics were taken when I first started this show and, um, it was shown that if we don't initiate and maintain the stay at home procedure that we're currently doing, uh, we're looking at like with no resistance, no, no people, uh, doing much about it. 4 million deaths um, worldwide as more of a minimum. And with the current statistics, um, all it does, what we're doing currently, the, the stay-at-home procedures, is only bringing that number, number down by half. So still, 2 million people should be dying worldwide from this by, before it's over. Well, I, I was thinking in the U.S. Was I wrong? No, Because I is, didn't know. I thought it was just the U.S., and I couldn't believe that. Those, those numbers would be absolutely staggering. You know, we're because, at 4,000 and just really been alerted, what, a month, you are, know? We are at 4,000, and that is significant. That is definitely yes. a big number. But um, when it comes to the global scale, it looks like roughly 1% end up actually passing away from COVID-19. Whereas um, the 99% usually uh, recover. But that's still a big number because we have 7 billion people in the world. Right. Uh, the world meter was saying 6%. Wow. That's even, so that's, I, that's much off worse. Off of the, the deaths and cases that have been going on. Yes. Um, it's at 6%. Okay. So I, I don't know, no. but um, th- just very scary times. So, um... When this is all over, what is the first thing you plan to do? Book my trip back to Mexico. Oh, yeah? Yes. I'm going to go back. I, I can't wait. Um, I'm hoping in about a year. <laughs> I can. That's the first thing I'm going to do is book a trip to Merida, Mexico. I think that's a fantastic way to celebrate. Um, so, uh, interestingly enough, uh, Mexico and all of South America close its borders um, when you were planning to be yes. in Mexico. <laughs> yes. So it's it's fortunate that you actually didn't end up going because you would potentially still be there, right? Right, right. Um, very hard decision. I was going for a very special occasion and I kept fighting, you know, safety versus this vacation. Um, and I almost went, I literally almost went maybe two or three days before they closed that border and we would be stuck, stuck in Mexico and how scary that would be, especially with their health care out there. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because I, I know that supposedly there are a lot of unreported cases. My last question is uh, if we continue on this version of uh, lockdown, the stay at home uh, procedures, or if they become more severe, uh, if they end up lasting six months, uh, like how would you personally feel? Because they're saying something along the lines of six months would be necessary to help completely, well, not stop, but slow it down to a crawl. Um, if I had to keep going like this for six months, um, I'm I'm not gonna lie, it'll 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 be hard. Um, 
with my first job, it's just hard not reaching out like we used to, doing things remotely. Um, I'm used to helping people, so I feel like I'm stuck and I can't. Um, it'll be very difficult, I have to admit. It'll, it'll be hard to mentally just stay sane and keep myself. Um, I know that do, making goals, you know, will help me through this time. So I'm seeking out school, but uh, it's going to be very scary and hard, I have to say, for just myself to, to maintain doing this for, for six, six months. It's a long time. It's yeah. a very long time. Well, uh, that's the end of my question. So I want to thank you for coming on Shut the Door. Well, thank you very much for having me. You've been a great guest. And uh, for those of you out there listening, um, do you have any words um, of advice or recommendations for them? I just say, um, don't think about yourself. Think of others. Stay at home. Sacrifice this time to, to keep everyone safe. Okay. Thank you. So uh, anybody out there listening, um, my name is Andy. I host a comedy variety podcast called Sometimes I Hate You. Um, that airs every Wednesday around 9 a.m. Um, if you guys are interested, by all means, drop by, uh, like, and subscribe the show to the show. Um, and you can also support uh, me or the podcast by going to uh, patreon.com forward slash sometimes I hate you. So uh, once again, thank you for being on the show. Oh, thank you very much. We thank hope you. you guys have a good day. Bye. Bye.